the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bolton, joined by Detective Bolton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. In today's episode, we're going to talk about whether or not you're suffering from hedonic adaptation. Oh, no. <laughs> so just <laughs> sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Shh, got to be quiet. Our little puppy's sleeping. Oh, no. <laughs> the other day, I was listening to Joe Rogan speak on his podcast. And he was talking about his very first apartment when he began working in his career in comedy. And when he first moved into it, he said that he went in there and he just sat on the floor and he's all alone and he's just looking around this giant apartment and just in complete awestruck that this is his and that he gets to live in this amazing apartment, which might not even be that amazing, actually, thinking about the way that apartments are in L.A., but in comparison to what he had or didn't have before, he said that it was just so cool that that was his apartment. And he, he was so thankful and had self-appreciation in that moment. And I thought it was so sweet to share that type of intimate feeling and thought that he had for his own accomplishments. And he said that As his career took off and he was able to afford more and more nice things, then the niceness of things, especially in comparison to his apartment, it started to dwindle down. And one thing he didn't mention, but that I would make mention of, is that I would also guess that being surrounded by the people that he was surrounded with and then going into people who are in your industry and who are comparable to you and then seeing the things that they might have had and then you know, comparing yourself to what you might not have had is probably a big contributing factor too when it comes to that niceness of things dwindling down in the way that they did. And there's actually a term for this. There's a professor who studies happiness. Her name her name is Sonia Lerbomowski, and she calls this hedonic adaptation. And essentially what this means is that after good things happen, we have this spike in appreciation for those good things. But Eventually, we return back to our baseline and then, well, for lack of a better term, we we start to get greedy. We want more. And I think that may have been the case in regards to what Joe Rogan was talking about with his apartment. And it it made me pause for a second. I, I really thought on this a lot because, you know, we recently did our taxes and I remember I remember when we got married And of course, that's also something I'm thinking on, right? Because our wedding anniversary is coming up. And I remember just wanting it all, right? Wanting more and more and more and more and more. And with that, you you need to ask yourself, like, how much money do I need? So in the beginning of our relationship, we had a house. Then we bought a second house, which is now our rental house. And Then I bought a new car, right? My dream car when I finished my MBA. And then when that was done, we ended up finding our dream house. Literally, I couldn't imagine myself living in a a nicer, better home than this. And it, it felt good. It still feels good when people come over and they're just like, wow, I can't believe that you live here. And then we wanted the nice dogs, right? This is... 
Then the nice, like what, $50,000 ring and the even nicer car, the horses. And I got to this point to where I wouldn't say that I've gotten used to or had this hedonic adaptation to these things because, and we're going to, we're going to talk about the reasons why, but I started to get to this point to where I needed to ask myself, like how much more money do we need to be making? You know, and they did a study on this. I think I've shared it here before where they showed that people who make $70,000, like that is the number that will make you happy. And if you make more than $70,000, it won't bring you any more happiness. Now, the only argument to that that I would have is number one, you could never make $70,000 and live a happy life in California. Mm-hmm. So I, I would need to look into that study more to see where these people you know, were surveyed from. But number two, people say that money doesn't buy happiness, but money does buy time. And so I've started to shift my focus a lot away from like, how much more money do we need to be making now? Because we make way more than enough money than we would ever need, right? We've already accomplished all the things. Like we've traveled so much internationally. We have all the nice stuff, but those things are nice. And again, I I will get into overcoming hedonic adaptation in a second, but the thing that I'm focusing on most is not the aspect of money, but it's the aspect of money doesn't buy happiness, but money does buy time. And so my focus has shifted a lot away from the financial aspect of things to time. And, you know, I'll usually I'll work out and then I'll work until about 11 or 12. And then I'll, I'll do everything around the house. And a lot of what I do, they're things that Clint should be doing, (laughs) right? I don't get anything from going out and cleaning the two horse stalls. I don't get anything from, and I'm I'm talking about like not what's in it for me, like financially. I'm talking about like, why would I be doing these things, right? I don't get anything from going out there and spending three hours washing the horse and then brushing out her tail because you never do. Yeah. (laughs) But the thing that I get from that is time, right? Because if I don't go out and stack firewood, for example, then that means that eventually you're probably going to do it or I'm going to ask you to do it because I can't stand things that aren't done yet, right? Like Mm -hmm. cleaning out the horse stalls. And so by shifting away from the financial aspect of things and then focusing more on time, that's why I've taken on so much of that responsibility. And we we actually haven't had a discussion around this at all. Mm -mm. But it's just as fulfilling in terms of wealth, which again, we're very fortunate to not need more money than, than we have, right? We, we're very fortunate the way that we have our financial life currently, but then also the way that we've planned out our financial future in, ter- in terms of, um, regardless, I should say, of what happens with the economy. administration or the economy. And so I think by shifting away from that and having this maturity when it comes to the mindset of converting money for time, it's been really monumental for me. And one way that we can also overcome hedonic adaptation is by recognizing that it even exists, right? To know that when you have something nice, there is a good chance that you're not going to think that it's quite nice come later down the road. So by knowing that that's a thing, And then understanding that it takes some humility to be able to 
purchase a hundred thousand dollar car and then to tell yourself like, wow, this is brand new and nice and shiny, but I'm probably not going to appreciate it much maybe in a year's time, two years time. One side note here, if you're going to spend that kind of money, I would argue to get a car that you probably are still going to like my car, for example, there isn't a day that I drive that car where I don't have this sense of the same way that I felt even before I had that car when I was imagining myself driving that car. Um, But then to also be thankful for all the things that we have and then to even write it down, to sit and journal some gratitude, even if all you did was one sentence a day of the things that you're thankful for. And I think another reason why I don't think I've suffered from the hedonic adaptation is because, Clint, you and I have these discussions all of the time, right? We will sit in appreciation of this new puppy here that's <laughs> laying down next to us or the two that we have downstairs just talking about how thankful we are for the things that we do have and by maintaining that appreciation, but then more so not just saying like, oh, I'm thankful for my life. Well, to get vivid in detail with yourself about the things that you are thankful for and the reasons why, and then to maybe make it a practice. Like we've naturally made that a practice within our household, Mm -hmm. but you can do it with intention. Maybe you're the type of family that sits down and then prays over your meal. Well, why not add that in every day too? Like that would be a really cool introduction, I think, around the dinner table. Yeah, I think I think that that's a great kind of starting off concept with it for anybody listening to this. It's it's something that you start at the dinner table and just showing your appreciation for that food, and but not just saying you appreciate it, but genuinely feeling that appreciation. And, and, and that's something like, as Ashley was speaking about this, it's something I go through on a daily basis, the amount of gratitude I have for, for Ashley and for our house and just for everything that we've acquired and and that we've grown throughout the years and continue to still have coming towards our, our, our family and our life. It's something you don't want and no, nothing's too small and nothing's too big. It's finding that gratitude, that openness for whatever it is. I mean, every day when I come home from work, I always pause at the bottom of the driveway. I don't just like speed up the driveway to get inside. Like I pause for a quick second and just look at our house. And it, like I have this gratitude that comes over me with it because we love our house. It's our dream house. And then not only just the exterior of the house, I have so much gratitude for what's inside the house with Ashley and, and then our dogs and, and just all the stuff we've acquired over the years. It's it's amazing how much that can shift your whole mindset with anything in life. It, it is. And there are so many things that I think we, because I didn't know that about you, but then you, you didn't know what I'm about to say either because I didn't realize it until just now, but we had one of those French door refrigerator freezer situations for 10, at least 10 years, probably way more than that. And I hated it. And maybe you love it. If you have one of those, I hated it. I feel like it's so hard to maneuver, to put things in and take things out. You can't fit much in there. And so for many years, I was bitching to my dad and bitching to Clint saying that I just want like what refrigerators and freezers used to be. We have well water. I don't need my water coming through my refrigerator. Like I don't, I don't drink cold drinks. Like I I can make ice for Clint. I just want a regular refrigerator and freezer, the kind that 
our parents had our entire lives that still last and it's like 30, 40 years old. Like that's what I want. And every time that I open up our refrigerator and our freezer that we currently have in our kitchen, I, I say to myself, like, gosh, I'm so thankful that I just open this one door and then do my thing, right? Those are the types of small actions, the neurological actions that take place that help to link our neurons and just our our way of thinking into the emotion that we feel to give us that deeper sense of appreciation. But then to to do it with intention if nothing comes up first, right? To just think about I, I, me talking to you right now, me having the ability to just share any words with you and then you having the ability to have a device to where you can listen to me, me being able to pre-record these or, you know, there's so much that we have in wherever you are right now in your vehicle that you're driving instead of, you know, being on a dirt road with a horse and cat. Like there's so, so much that we could be thankful for. And if you sat for 10 minutes, it would be endless. It would be impossible for you to stop listing all the things that we could be grateful for. But by identifying those and then using it as a practice, it becomes easier and then it becomes natural to start to identify the smaller things like opening up your refrigerator and being thankful for it, you know? So I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.